Years ago, I interviewed a gentleman named Joseph Sheehy, and he started a company called Cured Nutrition, who we have partnered with. We partnered with them because I love him, I love his mission, and I love what Cured has created. So Cured has products that have been designed with the intention to support all aspects of the daily human experience, whether you are looking for clean natural energy, relief from your everyday discomforts or anxieties, or a reset button for your deep night's sleep, which on that note is one of my favorite products. They have a sleep bundle that I really, really love. They have nightcaps and Zen, which are great, great, great for sleep. So they have a bunch of different products. They have functional mushrooms, CBD products. Most of their products are CBD based. They have gut health products. They have some really, really incredible stuff. So head on over to curednutrition.com forward slash Mantox and you'll get 20% off all of their products. Again, it's curednutrition.com forward slash Mantox. And please go check them out. It goes a long way in supporting the show. We have been very, very intentional about who and when we bring on partners. Please go check them out. Again, cured, C-U-R-E-D, nutrition.com forward slash Mantox. All right, good, sir. Welcome back, my anonymous guest. How are you doing? Um, good and bad. <laughs> Bit of a mixed bag today, yeah. yeah? Yeah. So how long has it been? A couple months ago now? In two, three, two, between two and three months, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. So you were on a couple months ago, two, three months ago. We got into some important stuff around your life. We sort of yeah. had a little bit of a plan yeah. of what we were potentially going to tackle today, but it sounds like that maybe is not the best timing. So why don't we just, if you can give like a 30 second synopsis of what you felt was helpful in our last conversation, and then what we were going to get into today. And maybe third is what's happening now, what's actually going on now, because it sounds like there's something happening now that that maybe we should get into instead. Yeah, great. So last time um, we talked about some childhood trauma, specifically when my mother passed when I was six and how that was dealt with or not and wasn't really dealt with and how that's most likely the root of a lot of issues that I have. Um, Some deep anxiety, some worry, difficulty connecting with people, building relationships, um, you know, being controlled by things in my world versus controlling it kind of thing. Um, so that's where we were. And, Mm -hmm. um, you took me back to that time and, and kind of get to those deep feelings. And, um, it was extremely helpful. One of the things I'll say, and then you asked me to do some journaling about that. As I remember, you said, you know, we need to kind of, um, resolve or get into that trauma, how it was dealt with. And also a little bit of anger issues with my father who didn't deal with it. Great. And so, what I have done since then, I've, I've thought about it. I've read a couple of books. Um, I've done some journaling. And I think that I don't know if this is right or not, but I, I think that there there is or was part of me that probably blamed myself a little bit. You know, I think that I had some deep shame. Um, and I think it's getting that part of my world is getting better, I think, probably through the work we did. And I think that, you know, when I was so young, I didn't know where to not blame, but, but, um, you know, where to place that. Right. And I think if I think hard about it, it's like, why would she leave me? Right. 
you know, not to be angry with her, but why things were so good, you know, why would she leave me? It must've been something I did. Mm. Right. And I think that's, that's something that I came to through some of the journaling work um, earlier. So, so that was that. And, um, you know, I think that what our plan was, was to build on that and to connect in that trauma to why it has affected the way I am today, my anxiety and some of the issues. And so I think that's part of it. And I think that, again, I, I'll probably never have it completely resolved, but mm-hmm. it, it, it helped considerably. I didn't quite get to the anger of my father. I've thought about it. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but um, to switch gears a bit. And so I think where we left it, you know, and unfortunately with scheduling yours and mine, you know, it just things couldn't happen maybe as soon as we both would like. And so that that space, um, it still exists, but it's not as front and center as it was. It was front and center for me for a while. And again, I'm not going to say I resolved it, but I'm in a much better place with it right now. But unfortunately, other things have happened as life does, Mm -hmm. which um, has caused some significant anxieties, worry. Again, I'm just using it as a broad term, but just some issues that I'm having. And in particular with my son, um, who's 12, and we're having some big issues with him and school and chronic lying and not connecting with him and that type of thing. And, and even, even I would almost edge on crimes, not quite that far, but, but almost. Um, and, um, mm. and so the, the feelings I'm having with that are, there's a lot of anger in the household for sure. A lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment. Um, well, let's yeah, go ahead. Let's just pause. Let's just pause there before we get into the stuff that's happening now. I don't want to let it pass by too quickly because it sounds like there's been a a pretty solid shift, you know, and, and some and some pretty good realizations and awareness that's unfolded since the last time that we spoke. And so sometimes I don't want to say this. Sometimes we overlook progress, Mm. you know, real Mm. healing and progress that unfolds within us. It's easier to see when stuff's going wrong right? because our mind is more attuned to it and sort of focused on it and we've got to look out, right? And so, yeah. so we're, we're often much more focused in on what's going wrong, what might go wrong, you know, et cetera. And then when progress starts to happen and things start to unfold, we can kind of skip past it and maybe take it for granted. I just want to pause because I hear some, some pretty big steps that have unfolded for mm-hmm. you and some really solid awareness around some of the pieces that were showing up for you and your mom. And I think you're, you're probably right. There's probably some more components to that uh, that can be done. But even just to hear you being able to say a lot of the anxiousness that was arising around that has faded away. And, uh, you know, energetically, it sounds like some things have shifted in your life, in your career, et cetera. And that's pretty big. That's pretty important. And so we can put a pin in that for right now, but I just wanted to say really good work, great job in actually digging in and doing some reflection and doing some of the journaling and trying to connect with that younger self and seeing what was actually going on. And it is a very common thing for a child, especially in that age where we're just little bundles of ego to whatever happens in our external environment, make it mean something about us, right? Mom passed away. What did I do wrong? Parents got divorced. What did I do? What does it mean about me? 
this is a very common thing. And we, it's not a, it's normally not a conscious thing, right? You probably weren't sort of sitting there as a six-year-old ruminating in your bedroom about like, oh, what's wrong with me? It's just a byproduct of how our psyche and our, and our mind and our ego and our identity are in that moment, right? They're still being formed. And so it's just a very natural experience for a child to, to have that happen. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it just, yeah. just real quick, I, I definitely agree. I think what, um, it's funny because even after that, as things started getting better, I, I felt a little, guilty is the wrong word, but like I should be doing more of that hard inner work because I was so in it for half a year. And then I wasn't, you know, it's like, is it all of a sudden better? Well, no, but I feel better, but I, I still do my morning routines and all that good stuff, you know, but I don't, I did, I wasn't doing that deep, deep work as much. And so I do think that, that I tapped into something that was, you know, I'm just going to call it shame mm -hmm. because I don't have a better word for it. And maybe <laughs> um, that ability is what my son needs as well. Cause I think there might be some, some there again, I don't want to get off mm -hmm. subject, but I think that that when we have that real, real deep stuff that we're avoiding that, you know, I, I think it probably is something like shame. Right. And it's so, so I think there's definitely something there. And I was thinking real hard on your question that you posed to me, which was how does that trauma, how has it affected my life? It was something like that. And I'm like, God, I, you know, I just, I'm having a hard time because it's just, I'm so disconnected and, and it just kind of came to me, well, maybe I thought it was my fault. Like I just sort of entertained that. And I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but it feels more right than anything else I can think of to answer that question. And so I think maybe mm -hmm. just that awareness was what I need. Again, not to say that I'm fixed, but um, I think it's helped. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's just talk briefly about what's happening and you can fill in any details that feel relevant and you know leave out whatever you need in order to sort of protect but maybe just give me a sense of what's what's happening now because it sounds like there's a good amount unfolding in your family okay so so my my son who's adopted has always had issues with lying and when he and he's 12 and when he's when he was younger you kind of write it off oh well that's what a five-year-old does or six-year-old and you teach him that that's not right and, you know, do all those things, which we do. It hasn't stopped. In fact, it's gotten worse, right? And to the point that we mm -hmm. can't believe anything he says. So that's a problem. But before that, there's judgment issues. Um, there's impulsivity. He's got ADD. You know, it's not extreme. We kind of, we thought we had it under control. But when he's left to his own devices, something almost always goes wrong. And so we're just always on eggshells, you know, whenever he's not under our guard, something often goes wrong and then it goes wrong and then he'll lie about it. And so he, about a couple months ago, he was asked to leave his school and that was sort of the tipping point, but this was not a big surprise. There have been things like this that we've seen for his whole life, but as he's gotten older, this has gotten bigger and worse. <laughs> and it's, it's, frustrating because we don't know what to do. We've tried everything. Um, mm. and, um, that's bringing it to me, which is, you know, I guess part of this discussion, which is the very torn in terms of different emotions and not knowing how to help him. Cause that's what I want most. How do I, as his father help him? 
And anger, I know, isn't the way, but you can't help being angry when he lies to your face, right? Time and time again. And so there's, there's, there's anger, there's frustration, there's disappointment for sure. And then there's, you know, the deepest, hardest feeling is we just feel really sad and bad for this kid, you know, and just wanting so much to help him and just not knowing how. And so, um, that's kind of where it is. Um, and I can go, I can add more if, if you want, but that's the thing. Again, I know there's no answer, but it's just dealing with these very hard conflicting emotions and having no clue mm-hmm. about what to, I mean, with my business, as hard as things have been up and down, it, I, I know it's like, okay, I, I need a network. I need, there are things I, I can do, whether they pay off immediately or not is a separate point, but this one don't know <laughs> because we've tried everything. So, and he is his own kid, you know, at 12, you know, he's starting to establish his independence. And so we have, we, we have control over him, but we don't. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a few different angles that we could take with this. I think maybe where I'd like to start is for you to just say what it's been like, say what it's like for you to be in this experience with your son and say what it's been, say what it's like for you to just express some of this stuff, to just say what's been happening to me right now. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's hard. Um, it, I have one friend that I tell this stuff with and no one else, cause it's embarrassing, right? It just is, mm. you know? And yeah, it's not about you know, this doesn't look good for me, but it's embarrassing as the fam, as a family, you know, and, um, how it is to talk to you about it. It's just, um, it's just unclear, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't have the right word um, because talking to you about it is different than other people because I trust you and I, and, 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 but you're a very different person in my life, um, than most. And so I don't have a, and we've talked quite a bit. I have no issues. I, I want to tell you more. Cause I want you to help me. <laughs> um, and that I've come a long way to get to that point. So I don't have any difficulty mm-hmm. talking to you about it. I do other people and like, you know, what should we say versus not. And I think the feeling is some of the feeling is out of control and that we have no choices. Like a, a last example here. So, um, his current school that he got into, he's actually doing well and he seems to like it and seems to be making friends. Okay. It's been two weeks. So they've asked for his records and we're just scared to crap to send him because in their handbook, he's already like, you know, uh, uh, you know, broken three of them, right? Lying to students, lying to teachers and so forth. And so they could say, we've changed our mind tomorrow. I mean, that's how on eggshells we are. Mm. And then we're completely Mm -hmm. fucked. Like we don't know, like he will have to repeat the grade. So yeah, I, I don't have the the right. It's just like eggshells. They're like you know, hold, holding your breath, and yet you know, like we 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 feel pretty strongly. That it's just a matter of time. He's going to do something or say something where he's going to get ousted again, because it's not the school. It's not. Mm. It's him. And you know, we're talking to a therapist soon, and they she asked us, you know, how is your attachment with him? And when things are good, we're very attached. We love this kid, and I think he loves us. But there, but it's not, it's not like that enough. So I, I'm not probably doing a good job of answering your question, but those are some things coming up. No, you're doing, you're doing great, man. You're doing yeah. great. 
Say what's embarrassing. Um, I think it's more embarrassing for my wife than me. I'm not that embarrassed. I don't freaking care what people think, really. She does to a degree, not so much. But, you know, we've gone to bat for him, especially my wife. I mean, she, oh my God. When we were having the conversation with his previous school and they were laying it out, she was almost on her knees begging them. That was really hard. And I was speechless because I didn't want to say anything stupid, but it was just really hard to see. And then she's, you know, a lot of, a lot of yelling, a lot of this, you know, mostly her to him, me too. And, um, you know, and then comes the, okay, we need to find another school. We went through five of them and he, and as soon as they talked to the other school, they're like, no, the only reason he got in the one he's in is because they didn't call the other school. So, um, She's embarrassed, you know, cause, because she, uh, and I feel her feeling, has just so gone to bat for this kid. I mean, she's doing the work to, to, put, to get this kid on the straight and narrow. She creates opportunity for him. She paves the way. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And for this to be happening, it's, it's, just, it's just embarrassing. You know, we just, we can't, we feel, we can't talk to our friends about it. You know, because we built him up to be this amazing kid, which he can be. And then, then, I mean, like, we don't even know anybody that got expelled. Like, that's like brutal. Like, oh my God, he's in the top school in the city and he gets expelled, not for academics, you know, and it's like, oh my God. So I don't, you know, I'm, I don't, embarrassment is not the top emotion for me. I think it's up there for her, but it's, it's part of the picture. So for me, the top emotion is, again, that is conflicting anger, frustration. Why can't he blah, blah, blah. And then the flip side, which is, I feel so bad for this kid and I want to be able to help him. And mm-hmm. I just don't know how. So helpless. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a, as good mm-hmm. a term mm-hmm. as I can think. That's fair. So just take a deep breath. Tune into the energy in the body. Right, there's a lot of emotion stirring up. And just take a moment, close the eyes. I'm not gonna walk you through anything right now, but I just I'm gonna put a question forward to you and I would like for you to just take a few breaths and notice if anything comes up. And maybe nothing will arise. Maybe there's nothing there, but just see if anything shows up. So another deep breath. And just notice if there's anything similar or familiar about what you're experiencing now with your son Mm. and what you went through as a boy when your mother passed. Mm. Yeah. Feeling alone. Okay. Yeah. Disconnected. Yeah. So breathe into that. Yeah. Alone and disconnected. Me as a kid did. I think he does as a kid Mm. now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have yeah, in the past. Sounds- I, right now, that's not the feeling for me as an adult. Mm. Right. So there's some connection of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I can empathize on a pretty deep level where I, how I think he's feeling. And he goes back to that. Good. So breathe into that. And just have you had a chance to connect with your son and have some conversations about what he is experiencing? Yes and no. Um, 
it's really hard talking to him. He, he just can't go there. You know, he's, he's either silly and funny and, and, you know, or uncommunicative. And it's just really hard to just look him in the eyes in a calm way and say, well, what's going on with you? You know, I mean, it's, we try. Um, and again, I don't know if that's his ADD. I, I, I don't know, but it's just, it's really, really hard to connect with a lot on an emotional level. Um, he just avoids it. And I think that's where the line comes in. So we've tried, but we've not been real successful. So say what that's been like to try and connect with your son and to feel like it's not happening. Really frustrating. Really frustrating. Because we're pretty sure that's what he needs more than anything is to feel connected and to feel that we care. Um, not to say we're going to let things slide, but, you know, it's like, and I'm usually, not always, <laughs> usually the more calm of the two. And so I'll just like, you know, look him in the eye. And and even that, you know, he, my wife is more volatile. It, she's, she can be more angry and loud than, than I can, but he's more connected to her because, you know, he can, she can also be more loving. And so I'm working on that. But I, I have connected with him and I can be attached. I'm not a distant father, but it's just, it's, it's hard for both of us. It's hard for me to connect on that deeper emotional level, which is again, what I think he needs, but he, he just can't, he's like almost physiologically, he just can't go there. And I think there's like, again, some deep stuff mm -hmm. that I don't know if we can crack just being his parents, you know, that dynamic. So. So it's been frustrating. Yeah. And yeah, real a, frustrating. You know, a bit isolating. Yeah. But it also sounds like that is a very similar experience to what he's going through. Yeah. On his side. So come back in. You can open the eyes. And, yep. But just stay with the breath for a moment. Stay with the body. And he, he, something really stood out to me. I'm going to ask you a few questions and then I'm going to make a statement and we'll just see where it goes. How similar to you do you feel like your son is? I know it's a very broad, open question, but how similar to you do you feel like your son is, even though he's adopted? To me as a 12-year-old or a kid or me now? Just in general. I mean, probably yeah. you as a kid more so, yeah. but just you in general as like a personality. As a kid, um, I'll just give it a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the same, 0 being nothing alike. As a kid... I'm going to say six-ish, give or take a little bit more than half. As an adult, you know, me as an adult and him as a kid, um, two, maybe three. You know, it's yeah, not not much alike in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that has nothing to do with his adoptive. Yeah, yeah. Do you find it hard to relate to him? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Say what that's like. And, and maybe just say a little bit about if you have a sense of why you feel like it's hard to relate to him. What it's like, it's, it's a little isolating. Again, it's frustrating because I so want to be closer to him and I don't know how. I feel it's this, it's nothing I do, but I'm sure it is. Um, I'm trying to learn and get better every day. I mean, that's why I did the program was because to be a better father. I mean, in essence, right? I'm less... Mm. Blaming, I guess, it, that's what myself about that as much as I was, because I think I'm 
doing the work and I'm doing I'm as good a job as I can. And, and you've said some things that have, have, have helped me in that regard. So I don't blame myself as much anymore. Certainly I can do things better, but it's just that frustration. I forgot the other question you asked. Um, oh, um, why is that? Um, on the surface level, his interests are really different than mine. And that's fine. I have no problems with it. I like that he's his own person. I was more into sports when I was a kid than he is. He's becoming a little bit more, I mean, that's one, you know, maybe silly thing, but that's an example. He's way into performing art, arts. I never was, and he's really good at it. And I love that about him, but, but I'm, it's not something I share. I like, you know, discipline and working out and stuff like that. And he hates it. And that might be like most kids, but he likes um, creepy things, like scary, creepy things. He's interested in like war and blood and guts and things like that. And yeah, he's not a violent kid at all, but he's just drawn to that. And as a kid, yeah, maybe I would, you know, weapons, maybe I was a bit, but it, I kind of, I was never an issue with him. It's like an obsession. So there's, there's a lot that we don't connect. And so, so that's a little bit as to the why. And then maybe a last thing is there are times, and I mentioned this to you before, is when he's really bonding with my and I feel a little bit of a third wheel, you know, and I'm resolving that a bit, but you know, what I, when I see that I grieve a little because I didn't have that because my mom, my mother passed, I also didn't have all the anger and all the, all the tough stuff as well. But so those are, there's, there's a bunch of things that we just kind of don't connect with and um, it's hard. Yeah. Okay. So what happens, maybe just one or two more questions and then I'll put something out to you, but what happens when you do try and connect deeply with him you mentioned he sort of gets a little you know jokey and humor and that kind of stuff what happens for you what happens internally for you my gut initial reaction is the typical me which is that i pull away i don't push any further i don't try any harder because i see it's not going anywhere so i'm like i'm big i'm like if it's not there i'm not gonna waste my time you know i'm i'm out you know, and it's not that abrupt, but a, an example of that was just a couple of days ago, he had a, an audition for a big role. So I had to drive him to an acting coach. This is an hour away. We had a bunch of, we had two hours before that. So we go to dinner and it was like 4.30. It was early. We had a lot of time. My wife wanted us to do some math. So we did some math. But before that, you know, we we're in the booth. There's like nobody in the restroom. I sat on the side with him. I held his hand. You know, I said, you know, so how are you doing? How, tell me, you know, how is it? It seems like the new school is working out, you know? And, you know, it just, it, I just never find that right ability to, you know, that right ability to hug or hold or not, or, you know, and so, so I, I'm thinking of that as a mic and it wasn't like he pushed me away, but it also wasn't like he revealed, like, he was like, yeah, it's going well, like, you know, <laughs> and, um, um, it's just, it's just, um, um, unfulfilling because I want more. I think he wants more, but I'm not sure. And I'm just walking on eggshells. I don't want to push him because I think it's going to push him away, but I don't want to be. So my, my gut reaction is, is to just like pull myself away to almost protect myself because there's nothing there or he's, he can't go there. So, okay, well, I'll just be a good provider support and let him come to me when he's ready. Well, I really appreciate your honesty because I think you're, in many ways, you're describing the experience of both a parent and a child, 
who are struggling to connect. And I think that that is so relatable for so many people who desperately want to have a close relationship with their child, but feel a bit of a disconnection and aren't really too sure why and don't really know how to fix it. And it becomes this sort of vague and unclear frustration of, I'm not really too sure what's blocking. And I'm curious, I'm going to give you one more question, which is, and, and just take a breath and again, take a beat to notice what happens inside of you versus trying to figure it out up here yeah. in, your, in your head. I just want you to notice what happens in the body when I, when I ask what I'm about to ask, which is what feels familiar between the relationship you have with your son and the relationship that you as a boy had with your father. It feels very familiar. As a, as a boy to my father, you know, he would also try to get close. And again, I wouldn't push away, but I also couldn't get to that next level. I think it's a, the depths of it. The only thing I can think of right now is there's a level of trust. This just was never there. Can I trust this guy? Mm. Because if I can really trust him, then I, you know, will say anything, you know, and be, you know, so I think that's what was going on for me. And very well could be with my son. Again, as I mentioned, we're looking into this uh, adoption trauma to see if there's something there. And there very well could be where he never and might not ever feel a real part of us, which is really hard. But, you know, if that's what it is, that's what it is and deal with it, you know. So, yeah, there's many things I could say on this front. I would agree with the adoption piece. You know, it's um, adoption even when done excessively well, right, very well, can have a very real impact on our attachment and on our ability to attach with the people that we love the most. And it is something that, I mean, personally, I think that most people who are adopted should address at some point in their life yeah, and to look at because you can't not. But even if we just put that aside, just notice the similarities that are happening between you and your son. And so I think one of the things, maybe I'll just be direct about where I'm bringing you here for a moment, which is while it might feel at first like you are far away from one another, you are actually much closer experientially than I think you've given credence to. And I think that your internal experience, maybe your son externally is quite different, right? He's interested in different things and, you know, how he expresses himself is very different. But internally, the two of you, actually, it sounds like are quite similar and have somewhat very similar experiences in terms of how you interact with the world and the people around you. And so I I say that because you presented in the beginning of this conversation that it feels like you're not sure how to connect with him. And what I hear, brother, is a, a learning that you've, a journey that you've been on of how to connect with yourself as a young boy, right? How to connect with the experience that you had growing up, which I think is, is in some ways is coloring how you can connect with your son. And I would say that you probably are much closer to him than you know. It's just that you haven't allowed maybe yourself to express the similarities in your situations and how you maybe are very similar. Sometimes the best thing we can do with kids is, you know, to sort of put forth how we think that they are 
and how they see things. And then they'll very clearly tell us, you know. But the other thing I was going to say is I think there's an opportunity for you. So you've been looking at this from the perspective of, wow, he and I are so different, right? He likes all these different things. He's super close to his mom. I've heard that story. Even in the group, I heard that story. And that's the lens you've been looking through is my son and I are very different. And what I'm saying is I want you to, in the next week or two, in the next month, to look at it from what if my son and I are actually fundamentally very similar internally of how we experience the world and what we feel and to interact with him as if internally he's experiencing and feeling what you're experiencing and feeling. How does that sound? Sounds great. Um, my immediate question out of that is, is, um, what do I do with that? And that, that doesn't, it's not coming off right, but it's like, how do I take that perspective insight approach to improve things, even if it's 1%, you know what I mean? Like not asking you for yeah. like spit, we'll talk to him once a week. This like, I, not that specifically, but, and the other thing is where I go in my head is I could see that I could see some similarities. The similarities go back to when I was a kid and a little bit now. And part of that is because I mm-hmm. do feel, feel I've done some of the work. And I think some of that work, I mean, I'm, not young and it took me many many years of avoiding suppressing all that good stuff and it's been really hard to finally face this stuff and i'm asking him at 12 to do it because i you know what i mean so yeah so a couple of things i I think i get your question a couple of things one being able to give some insight into your internal experience right so being able to say Hey, do you ever feel like you have a hard time connecting with me? Because as a kid, I remember I had a hard time connecting with my dad after my mom passed away, or I had a hard time connecting with my dad when I was going through a hard time. Do you ever feel that way? Mm-hmm. It's about connecting the dots between what you are what you were feeling as a child with your father because it sounds like a very 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 similar pattern that's showing up with your son. Does that make sense? Does that make it more clear? It makes total sense. It does. Um, and to make it even clearer, these interactions should be about him and me, not how he's thinking about the world or somebody at school totally. or, or what. Okay. Okay. Because that I can relate to and I can say something yeah. about. That's And, and even, even if I can, again, improve that relationship 1%. It's going to help both of us. But again, if it helps him 2%, like I'm all in for sure. Yes. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Um, yeah. The last thing, I know we're, we're pretty close here. The last thing I want to say is you said something earlier about your the work that we did in the last session um, yeah. about after your mom passed. And the work that you've been sort of exploring is why did she leave me? It must've been something that I did or why did she leave me? What's wrong with me? Some version of that. Yep. How might that also relate to your son and his experience? Mm, That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Just let that sink in. Just stay there for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the trauma right there. I mean, that's, mine's obvious. Mm -hmm. His was less obvious to us, but again, if it's at birth, it could still happen. And that's what we're like really going to be exploring. Cause I think that's where 
the shadow stuff exists for him, I think. But um, I think there's a lot there. So we'll pause here for today. I think, you know, obviously today we didn't go through necessarily a, a deep dive or anything like that, but I think there's some very fruitful things that are coming out of this. The w- one main thing that I want you to take and write down and what I actually want you to journal about is that question, which is how might my son and I be more similar than I've seen? How might we be more similar or more alike, especially internally, than I've seen before? And then the second question is, how can I relate to him from this place? And that's conversations, things that you can do, you know, questions that you might want to ask him, things that you might want to share with him. Because all of this is building the bridge of attachment. All of this is building the bridge of attachment. And sometimes the hardest thing not even not the hardest thing, but one of the hard things for for a parent is to try and connect and try and open, create that opening for attachment and connection to happen and to have a child reject it or shut it down or, you know, disconnect from it. And our work as a parent is to is to just stay you know, is to stay. Like I remember my son went through this experience where he was very afraid to just go to sleep, right? At at night. And so we had to go through this process of reassuring him and making sure that he felt safe. And it took it took a few nights and it took, you know, lots of repetition and going through over and over and over again because their nervous systems, your your son's nervous system needs to acclimatize to the knowing physically that it is safe to be in relationship with you consistently. And so anytime that you try and connect with him and he he's, you know, be, is ridiculous or whatever, and you pull away, what happens is that he learns, oh, it's not actually safe for me to be in connection. Because I, if, you know, if I shut it down or I reject it, dad's just going to pull away anyways. And it reaffirms I'm alone. And so one of the best things that you can do is to reaffirm, hey, buddy, I'm here for you no matter what. And I know some of these conversations are hard, but I'm not going anywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've heard you say things like that before. And yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And um, I think I've tried to do that and I've been done okay. But if I keep them more front and center, I'll be able to do them better. So this is awesome. This is what I want to do, and I know we got to leave, is um, I just want to rewrite these and I'll just put them in the text. I just want to make sure that I have it exactly right because I think the precision is actually important here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm listening versus writing down right now. So, so yeah, this is really good. I, I don't know where to go from here with you. Like, we could talk about that if we do another session or whatever. But um, I think these are some really good advice and uh, it's awesome. So, thank you. Yes, sir. Well, and the last thing is breathe and wade through the discomfort inside of you in those moments, right? If the more that you can open your body, open your nervous system to I'm here for connection when you're ready and give your son choice and to just continue to show up, I'm here to connect. I'm here to talk. I'm here to connect. I'm here to talk whenever you're ready. It doesn't have to be right now, but I just want you to know I'm here to talk and connect whenever you're ready. And you might need to do that for a year. 
even even when things are tough, even when things are tough, and he just did something like that's when it matters most. Actually, that's to, right to, to say that and mean that. That's right. That's when it's hard. That's but right. That's yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you so much again for for diving in with me. Thank you. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk soon. For everyone out there, I know the last episode really hit home for a lot of you. Don't forget to man it forward and share these conversations because they can help a lot of people. So we will talk again soon. And for now, this is Connor Beaton signing off.